The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, should we talk golf? Yes. I think, think it's golf time. Talk the talk the uh, Open Championship, aka British Open. Uh, Royal St George's Golf Club hasn't hosted in ten years, um, and I know Nate and Alex, you really wanted to dive into this one, I'm sure. So, uh, Nate, tell us, uh, and Alex, tell us what uh, what people should know, what you're looking at. Um, obviously, knowing the course is important. Knowing the weather for the Open is obviously very important as well, with it being in England and, and the weather being uh, wet and crazy over there. So. What what should people know? What are you looking at uh, and everything like that? I'll lead uh, off here first. Uh, I I sh- we're not calling it the Open Championship. It's the British Open. That's what I, I wanted. When you, they, wanted you I don't to know say. when they decided that. You know, for when I was a kid, and ESPN and ABC had it. It was the British Open, British Open, and then someone just decided, hey, we're going to call it by its real. No, this is America. We call it the British Open. The Open <laughs> is the U.S. Open. Damn it. Um, the one That's thing I, I will fully admit, I, I don't know as much about the course, so I will side to Nate on that front. Weather-wise, uh, from what I've read, from what I've researched, um, it's not going to be like Kiowa where you have holes that are with the wind and against the wind. You know, uh, the UK tends to really just decide that weather's going to be terrible and it's going to be hard to deal with. And in the sense of this course, that is crosswinds. So these guys are really going to have to adjust, you know, your guys that are going to be able to keep the ball low. Um, and yes, I do like Dustin Johnson in this tournament. So I'm going against what I just said, considering he hits a high fade with every shot he's ever hit. Um, but the, the crosswind is going to be the big thing. Um, the other thing, the field is huge. I think there are, there's close to 150 guys in the field. Uh so, so there's a lot of long shots, but there's it, it. It's a heavy hitter field. There are a lot of guys that can win this golf tournament. Yeah, because you have some of the best players we know in America, like Alex mentioned, Justin, Dustin Johnson, uh, John Rahm is the clear favorite. But then you have all of these European guys that we don't know much about who do well on the European tour. Played a lot of Lynx golf, which is the style, of course, at every Open or British Open course is uh is suited for uh and links golf is basically like just kind of wide open uh fairways and and tough bunkers but and no trees so that's why the wind can really kind of pick up and i've been looking at the wind finder for sandwich bay england which is in the southeast of england which is where royal st george's is and the gusts for tomorrow thursday the opening round which is going to start at about just after midnight central time uh, tonight, uh, 30 miles per hour wind is the highest gust. It looks like consistently between 15 and 17 miles per hour. The problem is it's wind and it could change quickly and it's the coast of England. So one of my strategies that I wrote about in my article was to kind of wait as long as possible because there could be a huge difference in, in weather wave, but it looks like it's pretty consistently going to be windy 
but on Sunday, which, you know, it's going to take a while to get there, uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be as bad, which could always change. But in terms of like weather waves, it doesn't look like a.m., p.m. or p.m. a.m. for the Thursday, Friday has a huge advantage. So it's going to be windy. Uh, it could be windy at times. That's not predicted. So it's kind of uh, kind of a crapshoot, honestly. And you have to be a little bit lucky if you're going to pick a winner here uh 2019 shane lowry won uh and the, it was a windy uh tournament at port rush in, in northern ireland but players like lowry they are uh, grew up playing in this weather and a lot of the european players did so that's why as alex said a lot of players could win as 10 years ago darren clark won and he was a 40 something year old who kind of came out of nowhere yeah um my two cents on this tournament um it's been Italy week in England, as you guys remember, Sunday. Uh, this is another big tournament going on. I think uh, take Molinari, take Migliazzi to make the cut. Top 20. Uh, if you want to sprinkle a little on their outrights, they're 130 to 1, 150 to 1, respectfully. Uh, I think you got to ride the Italian train while you can. So uh, those are uh, my two picks. Do you have French. your horn necklace on? That'd be the I time to is, take it out. It is, it's sitting on the bedstand over there. <laughs> is is which Molinari, Francesco or Eduardo? Are they both in it? I thought it was just. I Francesco. honestly don't know. I know Eduardo made the U.S. Open and and was like on the leaderboard for a round and a half, and it was ended up being a a, a heated uh, race for the top Italian market at Torrey Pines. That Guido ended up uh, Guido Migliazzi ended up uh, winning with that T4 uh, that put him in the field for the Open Championship. So. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. I mean, uh, like a, a lot of random euros could end up popping up, and maybe the weather is a little bit more tame on their first two rounds compared to other players. So, you know, we'll have to see what happens. But uh, looking forward to it, especially the uh, late night golf aspect of it that you could wa- wake up and watch in the morning, and then on Sunday when the final round happens, it'll be done relatively early. You're not going to be having to stay up too late on Sunday. If if all three are in it, uh, uh, to make the cut parlay with all three of them sounds pretty nice. <laughs> I'll, book, I'll, book, parlay. I'll book that for you. Thank you. <laughs> so we've got players to target. We could talk long shots and then props, of course. But uh, let's start like players to target. Who your favorite? Who, who your favorites are? Alex, we can start with you. Who are some guys you're looking at closely to uh, to either win outright, maybe get top five? Who, who are some guys you're targeting? Sure. Uh, so I'll just run down. Uh, I kind of made made my few outrights here this morning, kind of taking the same approach as Nate is is waiting to get as much information as you can. Uh, so I I I love John Rahm, but I'm not betting him in this tournament. Uh, I, in a field this large, single digits, it, it, it's it's really really hard for me, you know. And and you know the wait and see, you know to come back and maybe, you know, get him after a round where he struggles potentially at a better price. Uh, that's going to be my approach with him. Uh, but I like, I know Nate, you know, in the write-up on watchstadium.com, uh, I really like Brooks Kepka too. The point of the guy that has so much experience on these European courses because he did not play in the Corn Ferry Tour. He started on the European PGA Tour. Uh, so I, I have some Brooks and I'm targeting Brooks in matchups. Uh, and then, uh, also near the top of the board, I got a, a rogue 25 to one on DJ. Um, I think he's primed here. I mean, he's, he's still, you, you get the number one player of the world at 25 to one. It's kind of the, you know, the pedigree of the player, 
his ability, uh, you know, to play when the conditions are tough. Uh, I like him as well. Uh, I can't quit Patrick Reed. I call him Patrick Reed. Uh, but I found 35 to one on him and, you know, he, he's, his putter and his short game are always going to keep him in it. And, you know, the ability to have some feel on these links courses, uh, it, it, it's a completely different game, but you know, it, he's one of the top five putters in the world. Uh, so I, I really like him and I, I Rizzo brought up before we started that you can really seem to get some value on him because nobody wants to bet him because everybody doesn't like him. That's fine. I'll gladly take the value. Uh, guys, I'm targeting the matchups. I, I think the one top 10 uh, or 20 I played was Oosthuizen. Uh, I think I got like plus 150 on a top 20 for him, I think. I mean, you know, if you look back at the U.S. Open, he blew the lead to Rom. You know, obviously he blew it down the stretch, but the guy is a top 10 machine in majors. Obviously, you know, he won the 2010, you know, British Open. He could potentially win this tournament. I don't think he'll win it. But he's all he's gonna be right there until he isn't. Uh, so there's a guy that's value. And then I, I'm a bigger matchup player than I am with the outrights. Uh, so I've picked off some DJ. Uh, and of course, the list I pulled up does not have the people that I'm fading in those matchups. But uh, I got a really good price on DJ, I believe, against Rom. Uh, yeah, 165 uh, on a decent matchup there. Um, I mean, he's he's still playing amazing golf. Uh, one, speaking back to Oosthuizen, uh, I paid. I, I, I had to swallow a little juice, but I have Oosthuizen uh, going up against Tommy Fleetwood for a full tourney matchup, and then uh, I've targeted a few places. Jordan Spieth, I know he's a past winner of this tourney. I know that he seems to be playing really well, and maybe he's figured out his long game, and you know, at a course like this, maybe he doesn't have to take driver as much. Those things can all be true, but there is not a world where he should be evenly lined with either Brooks or Dustin. And you can find multiple places where he is evenly lined with Brooke or Dustin at 110 each side. And, and I'm going to fade the hell out of him in this tournament, in this spot. I, I just don't see it. I don't think it's priced right. So uh, those are some things I've targeted. And that's really one that jumped out to me this morning that really did not make sense. Uh, so I made sure uh, to fade speed in both of those spots because I, I personally, I just, I, you know, he thinks it's coming together. I, I don't. So that's where I'm at, uh, kind of entering, entering tomorrow or I late tonight with the, uh, overseas time change. All right. A lot of good stuff there, Alex. I, uh, personally, I'm, I'm terrified of fading Jordan Spieth because it sounds good in theory. And then you see him on TV, make a 50 foot birdie pot and him and, his caddy celebrating and as there's plenty of other matchups and ways to bet it. So I'm going to attack it in other ways. Sure. Uh, my first one, yeah, Brooks like a lot, as we know, great in majors, four time major winner finished second at the PGA at Kiowa two months ago, and then tied for fourth at the U S open. And he had a real chance to get at the clubhouse at a, at a decent number to maybe get into a playoff, uh, but had a, you know, was aggressive and as he should have been and struggled down the stretch, but like the fact that he has experience playing in Europe at link style courses, 16 to one would be my buy price on Brooks. That's going to, going to be a bet I make shortly after the show uh, talking about players who are unpopular. Uh, you mentioned Patrick Reed, you mentioned some drift on Dustin Johnson, even though he's, he's, he's well liked, he's just not maybe in the best form, but 
Bryson DeChambeau has dropped down to 35 to one. I don't think anyone is betting on Bryson and there's a lot of bad things going with for him, I guess, in terms of splitting up with his caddy, missing the cut at rocket mortgage, kind of being the, I don't know, the not cool guy in this kind of feud that's going on with Brooks Kepka, just kind of trying to be the, like the fun, like, I don't know. It's, 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 he's just not coming out of this situation popular. So I don't think anyone really wants to bet on him. And we've seen this number drift enough where I has my attention, especially because he won the U S open uh, last September at a pretty big number because his form wasn't great. So you're giving me 35 to one on Brooks. I know that his miscut ability is is big especially because his open championship record is poor two missed cuts in a 51st but when you're betting outrights i'm betting on a player's ceiling and if bryson can somehow figure it out maybe get lucky with the weather then 35 to 1 could look like a bargain if we're looking back on the weekend and he's in contention two other guys i'm definitely gonna bet uh in around the same age uh, range is uh bryson terrell hatton englishman great links players uh, I bet him at the U S open right after he finished uh, solo s- or tied for second at the Palmetto. He missed the cut cause he had a horrible Friday, but if there's ever a major that he's going to win, it's going to be an open championship on this style. Of course, he's really good in bad weather, a solid putter. He hasn't putted well recently, but if he can figure that out, turn that out for turn that around for the week, I like his chances to contend here. And then a longer shot and a player who I was, I was looking back and, I've been betting this player at U.S. Opens and Open Championships since 2016, Brendan Grace. Uh, 2017, he set a major record at the Open Championship when he shot a 62 in the third round. And just most recently at a, at a U.S. Open, where I, I don't think I bet on him, but he led the field tee to green and finished tied for seventh at Torrey Pines. So I like the form he's coming in to and also just kind of the style of player who's very good at links golf um, and you can get him at 70 to one. And then there's a few other players that I, I wrote about on my article at Wastain.com who are inexperienced players, debutantes uh, in Scotty Scheffler, Victor Hovland, who I'm giving a long, hard look at, but might wait to bet him live. And then Joaquin Neiman, who just lost in a playoff in his last start. He has played in a open championship, but missed the cut, but he's a 22 year old. So he's young and, that inexperience is going to kind of keep me off all three players, at least pre-tournament. I've got uh, two questions for you guys that you can help me out with as I'm looking at the card. Number one, um, I'm seeing a enhanced offering Morikawa at 35 to one out there. Is there? Does he have a shot? Does his game play this weekend at all? Because I love Colin Morikawa. And I'm pretty sure the last two tournaments that I've seen him floating around 35 to one, he's cashed. So let me know what you guys think with him. Here, here's the thing on him. He, uh, he admitted, he played the Scottish open last week and he admitted going, he admitted going in and he admitted after the fact that he had never really played links golf in a tournament setting before. And his irons, which are the cornerstone of his game last weekend, were terrible. Um, I I think the reason the number is that big is because he is just so inexperienced at Lynx Golf and knows it and admitted as much last week and just did not play well in the Scottish Open. Uh, you know, if you think four rounds and a couple practice rounds uh, at the venue this week uh, can really set him up, 
he's obviously got a pedigree. He's an incredibly talented player. Um, but I think, you know, Nate mentioned kind of the debutantes of, you know, it, it's a little iffy kind of going into a situation like this. I think for him, especially a guy who grew up in America, played, you know, the junior golf circuit in America and doesn't have much, uh, hardly any Lynx golf experience, I think speaks to that. And that's why that number's so big. I agree with that. And maybe if the weather was a, a little bit tamer in terms of the wind, he could definitely be in play. But, you know, so would Justin Thomas, who... Both of the players seem like when they when they do well, they pop in the same event. The last summer, they probably around this time last summer, they were in a, at a playoff at the workday at uh, Mirfield Village. So, yeah, I mean, Morikawa is an L.A. kid, lives in Vegas, kind of plays his best on the West Coast, which is much different than where we're to see uh, over the next few days. And then uh, question number two was just we talked about it a little bit before the show. Uh, Daniel Berger sitting out 60, even 70 to one at some places, uh, had some pretty nice ball striking numbers on Sunday at the John Deere classic. Uh, any thoughts on him being able to, uh, have a good weekend? I'll, I'll go quickly here. I, uh, I bet Berger in every major for like three straight years and, uh, you know, I didn't make any money. So I, I'm officially off of him. The one thing I will say, um, in this tournament, I try to avoid guys that played in the John Deere. The travel is worse. It is, is a little, it is hard on the body. And I, it's, do I have any data to back it up? No, I think uh, Jordan Spieth almost won the open after winning uh, the John Deere uh, like seven, eight years ago, if memory serves. Uh, but personally, that's one angle. I, you know, consistently try to avoid guys that played in the deer. Uh, playing in this tournament I don't mind Berger for uh, Rizzo just he's you said mentioned he's 70 to 1 at some places I also seen 45 to 1 so if you can get a good number on him uh, Daniel Berger is certainly enticing and I know the the trip from Silvis Illinois to the southeast of England is probably uh probably not easy but uh Zach Johnson I think was the player in 2015 who who won the Open Championship which was at the course that if you're watching, if you see a video of us, Alex has as his backdrop, the old course at St. Andrews, and he's always very good at John Deere. Unfortunately for him, he got COVID and he will not be participating in the Open Championship. But um, I think Berger at that number is something worthwhile. I just prefer Grace and, and possibly Neiman in that spot. But I could see Berger playing well and maybe at least quietly getting a a top 10 like he seems like he does in a lot of majors where you don't see a lot of shots of him but he ends up faring pretty well um in the in terms of finishes so rizzo asked my morikawa question but alex i'll have a question for you with your uh, anti-jordan speed sentiment um just looking at the matchups um and i know i've seen a lot of pick, people pick john rom and obviously he's the favorite so it makes sense that a lot of people are picking him but looking at the matchup between him and speed for the tournament he's minus 135 to get it over speed would you say that's decent value bad value is that something worth hitting with uh rom versus speed for the uh, tournament matchup you said that uh can you read back the prices again speed at what Rom is minus 135 and Spieth is plus 115. I think that's decent value um, on God, that's priced really well, honestly. I uh, okay. yeah, I, I, I don't think I could place a wager on either side. Um, yeah, I, I think 
given the way Rom's playing right now, I, I guess, you know, 135 isn't a horrible price to play. Uh, you know, on man, I'm really sitting on the fence here. This is not good content. I, I apologize. <laughs> My goodness, this is awful. Uh, but no, yeah, I, I just I, felt I like at that price, I yeah, and as a guy who is who is fading Spieth in multiple matchups the way I am, you'd think that I just I just find it hard. I I just don't like Rom this week. I, I and and I know that's I, I don't have a lot of numbers to back it up, which isn't smart maybe. Uh, but just you know the pressure of being the reigning U.S. Open champion, being the overwhelming betting favorite going into the tournament. Uh, I think maybe he's due for a little bit of a of a setback here. So yeah, I, I think that line is lined really well. One thing that I'll say about uh, John Rahm that is a compliment, as opposed to some of the other top players in the world, uh, every Sunday, whether he's eight shots back or in the hunt, it seems like he cares and he he fights for your money on Sunday. I remember there was, I think it was him versus DJ, uh, and they were both kind of out of it. I can't remember what tournament it was, probably a little over a month ago. And Rahm ended up putting up like a minus six on Sunday and completely flipped and DJ didn't care at all, was just making a mess of the course, and uh, Rom flipped that matchup and won. So I think that if uh, if you're worried about him maybe not being in it at all and not putting up any effort on Sunday, that will not be the case. So I like Rom in a lot of matchups for that exact reason. I think that might have been at Kiowa. Was that the PGA Championship? I think it might have been, yeah. Yeah, because he, he carded like a 64 on Sunday. And ended up in the top 10 uh, after a really bad Friday and Saturday, from what I remember. And he would have won the Memorial if he didn't have to withdraw after yes. COVID positive test at the third round. Goes out, wins the U.S. Open as the favorite. And then last week finished solo seventh at the Scottish Open after being the uh, tournament favorite going into Sunday, missing out on the playoff by two shots. But that's only because he had a lousy Sunday with the putter. So uh, I wouldn't fade Ra at all in terms of matchups with guys at plus money just because of how well he's playing and this st- style of golf suits him uh, but also like as alex said not going to be rushing to bet him as single digits it's pretty crazy to see him on his own tier especially when you have so many good players in this field 